The last word on sport on Today FM. With Carlsberg, official beer partner of the FAI. Probably the best partnership in the world. Get the facts, be drink aware, visit drinkaware.ie. Only five weeks after the start of the Rugby World Cup. So Ireland's pre-season training is still underway, but the matches start tomorrow evening at Lansdowne Road. Italy are the visitors for an eight o'clock kickoff. If you're not aware of the Irish team, it's a sort of a mix and match side. Jimmy O'Brien's at full back. We have Keith Earls and Jacob Stockdale on the wings. Rob Henshaw and Stuart McCloskey in the centres. The half-backs are Jack Crowley and Craig Casey. The front row is Dave Kilcoyne, Rob Herring and Tom O'Toole. Second row made up of Ian Henderson and Joe McCarthy. And a very interesting looking back row with Ryan Baird at six, Jack Conan at eight and Caelan Doris at number seven. Matt Williams, we've seen Caelan Doris be excellent at number eight. Not quite as good at six. What do you make of the decision to put him at seven, uh, given that there perhaps is a little bit of concern that we don't really have an understudy for Josh van der Fleer and Peter O'Mahony has had to do the job on a number of occasions? It's a very interesting selection, Matt. Um, I was quite surprised because when you step outside of Ireland, um, the the comments that I hear the international people and non-Irish people make about Caelan Doris is he's the best number eight in the world and if he's not he's certainly in the conversation right up there with all of them and you know the old Abraham Lincoln quote you don't weaken a strength to strengthen a weakness I I think it is it's unusual I can understand it because he's such a great player but I still think he's the best number eight we have which is very uh, difficult for Jack uh, Conan, because he's also an excellent number eight, and that's why he's found himself on the bench on so many occasions, simply because the balance of that back row, when you have Peter Armani at six, you have uh, um, Josh van der Fleer at seven, and then you have Doris at eight, is such a well-balanced and, and, and brilliantly functioning back row. But, uh, Matt, when you look at this whole side... But sorry, just um, before you get to the whole side, there is a problem, isn't there, that let, heaven help us if anything happens to the World Player of the Year, Josh van der Fleer, who is the best seven in the world. But we don't actually have a like-for-like replacement, do we? No, and it's interesting with Prendergast uh, on the bench there. Um, you know, he has been really uh, a keen Prendergast, a, a Leinster player uh, in the, from the academy that's gone gone across to uh, Connaught and has, was taken down to New Zealand has really done very, very well. For me, he is the understudy, but he, he's not ready just yet. But it's interesting that he is on the bench, Matt, and, and he looks like he will get time at seven. So the, there's a whole lot of things in play here in this team where you're seeing a lot of, um, th- I would call them, and I don't want to be disrespectful to them, but third players. They're third in their position, and they're really fighting to get to second in their position and make the starting, starting yeah, and team. And that's what I wanted to bring up with you, because there are 42 players in the training squad. Nine are going to get caught in a few weeks' time. And there's a degree of rootlessness to the way Andy Farrell operates, because if you remember back to the Fiji match, last year, last November, when the performance wasn't brilliant. And since then, perhaps the player that many thought was the understudy number seven, Nick Timoney, we haven't seen him again. He's not in the 42. Neither is Joey Carberry, neither is Robert Balakun. So there's potentially players that if they don't play well against Fiji tomorrow, or sorry, against Italy tomorrow, and if the team doesn't fizz, that could be the end of their World Cup hopes. 100%. And I really admire... uh, Andy Farrell's attitude to that, that there are, there are no cheap caps. They don't give a cap away to anyone. You've got to earn it. 
and and that creates internal competition. And Matt, that is one of the most powerful motivators for a team is the internal competition for places. If you don't have that, players get into, into a very much of a comfort zone. And you can see here what he's got. He, he has got a lot of guys here that are number threes and number fours and are trying to put their stall out and say, listen, I'm good enough to go. The other part of that, Matt, which is really smart from Farrell, a number of these guys, I think, are not in the team tomorrow against Italy are not going to make the cut. But they could be called up to the squad in the World Cup if there was an injury. So they will know the Irish systems. They will have played in the Irish systems. They'll be very well versed in what the team is doing. And if they are required in the World Cup, they'll be in a very, very good place to step into the team at very short notice. Where in past World Cups, players that have been called up at late notice probably haven't had that experience. So so I really think uh, Farrell and his selectors and his uh, co-coaches are, are touching and ticking off the bases and also ticking off the squares in preparation for the tournament Not that, that goes for a, you know, a long time. This is a 10-game span from tom- tomorrow against Italy to the World Cup final, and they're planning that 10-game for, for every possible variation and, and possibility that they're trying to plan for that. It's an, and it's a very difficult task but I, I do admire what they're doing. I wonder if some of the players that you might think are third choice are actually second choice in Andy Farrell's mind. The reason I bring that up is I interviewed him at an event about two months ago and I was quite surprised by one of the first players he mentioned who hadn't really featured for him in the Grand Slam, didn't feature at all during the Grand Slam, was Jacob Stockdale. He gets a chance on the wing tomorrow, a player who was outstanding in the Grand Slam in 2018, but who's had a lot of injuries in the last few seasons. Could he be the type of player who will end up making a return and potentially a big impact? Absolutely, Matt, because what makes Stockdale so valuable is the big left boot that he carries. And that's what James Lowe has done so well. And, and it's a historical thing that Irish left-wingers have had going right back 20 years to Dennis Hickey's time, where, where they have had that ability to get out of their territory by using a very powerful left boot. And I think he has a, a very strong chance of doing it. He's had a wretched 18 months. He just can't seem to get a break with the, with the physical side of the game, with all a string of injuries. He's a good player. He's a quality player who's had a bad run. He certainly is one that could do that. You, you know, there's a number of players that we could say that about, uh, Matt. You know, even, even like, you know, the captain of the team, Henderson, you know, he is, he is facing a really difficult task of making the starting team. Now, he is someone that could force his way in. And then you have Ryan Baird, who is, is playing in the, in the back row, but is a perfect bench player. So playing in the back row and the second row, he's a perfect bench, bench player for a test match. There's, and we could go through this whole side and say exactly what you said, Matt, is... The, the halves in particular, are they number three or number two? And those two young players could very well find themselves as the number twos and starting test matches at the World Cup with a good performance tomorrow. So there, there is a lot riding on this for a, a, a significant number uh, of players in that group. From, yes. From, um, sorry, Matt. And Matt, actually, the thing about the half halfback pairing is a very interesting one because... I think after the way Munster finished the season, there were a lot of people wondering if suddenly if Jack Crowley had managed to push himself back up ahead of Ross Byrne. But given that Crowley starts tomorrow, the implication of that is is that Ross Byrne will start against England in two weeks' time and that he would remain the preferred choice in the possible absence of Johnny Sexton. I think that's a fair summation, Matt, at this stage. I've got huge respect 
for, for Crowley, how, he, how he's, Crowley, how he's been playing. He improved across last season in leaps and bounds, and he was quite superb in the last few matches for Munster. It, look, there's one thing we can say. He's the future of Irish rugby at 10. Is his future right now at this World Cup? If he plays well tomorrow, he could very well find himself on the bench or starting uh, major games in front of, of Byrne. Right now, do I think he is in front of Byrne? No, I don't. And I think that selection, Matt, as you pointed out, the selectors are saying the same. But he is a very good player. As is Casey. Casey really improved last season. He's putting a lot of pressure on, on the on the incumbents to stay, uh, to get into the match day 23. So there's, again, Matt, if we look at all those positions across the team, we could say that in a number of ways, but especially in our hearts, because Sexton is coming to the end of his career. We know that, and we know he won't he won't start until the remaining game because of suspension. So the two uh, out halves are going to really slug this out to see who's going to be his backup for the big test matches. And one other player I want to ask you about, and we could go through loads of them, but 99th cap for Keith Earls, who won his first <laughs> cap 15 years ago. A lot of people thought when he played for Munster against Leinster in the semi-final of the URC that that was the last time we'd see him at Lansdowne Road. And now he runs out again tomorrow evening. But could he defy expectations and because of his experience be taken to the World Cup? Without doubt, Matt, yes. yes. Uh, you know, Keith Earls has been an inspirational player in a red jersey, in a green jersey. He is uh, an iconic Munster player. And the guy just never lets his team down. He, he, he always finds a way to do things to support his team and performs, still performing exceptionally well. And that selection tomorrow is, and as we just said, Farrell doesn't give away caps. You've got to earn it. He has earned that shot at it. Now, whether he makes the, the final cup, we don't know, but he certainly has done enough. And, and again, every time we are, we, we say something about one of Ireland's champion players like Peter Romani or Sexton or Keith Earls, they surprise us. They prove what champions do. Champions get up when they can't. And they never, never stop. He, he is certainly in the hunt, Matt. I, I, okay. would, I would never write him off. Matt, we will be inviting you to be part of our extensive Rugby World Cup coverage, which will be kicking off early in September here on The Last Word. And we have a number of specials in mind. But I want to just briefly ask you, from what you saw in the Rugby Championship, how would you assess South Africa, who of course are in our group, and New Zealand now, who we may face in a quarterfinal? New Zealand have just been scintillating, man. Absolutely scintillating. They're, they're, some of the rugby they've played across their three matches against Argentina, the Wallabies, and, and particularly the opening half against South Africa has been just, just a joy to watch. Absolutely blistering pace. Um, and and bad, the bad news for Irish rugby, they look, New Zealand rugby looks to be back to its best. And it, and it has been entertaining and wonderful to watch and uh, uh, superb to play. South Africa uh, are certainly struggling. They are at the end of a very, very long road. Matt. I, I, people forget, because of the way they structure, the, they're in the, the Northern Hemisphere club competition, the Southern Hemisphere international competition, some of their players haven't had a serious rest since September of last year. So by the time they get to the World Cup final, they would have done 15 months without a break, a really substantial break. Now, they've been managed like Irish rugby managers there, guys, but there is, there is trouble there in the South African camp, and their game plan is not functioning against the big side. So in the last few months, uh, since November, they've lost to France, Ireland, and New Zealand, and beaten, and well beaten by all three. So 
they're in a bit of trouble. That doesn't mean they're easy and it doesn't mean they're a walkover, but they've certainly got their backs against the wall. And I don't think unless they can radically change their attacking plan, Matt, I don't think they're on, uh, they can retain their cup at the moment, which is, is could be good news for Ireland. But if you beat, if Ireland beat the current world champions in their pool, the reward is you get France or New Zealand. It's not much of a reward for beating the current world champions. It's, uh, it might be a good game to lose in some ways. Matt Williams, thank you. The last word on sport on Today FM. With Carlsberg, official beer partner of the FAI. Probably the best partnership in the world. Get the facts, be drink aware, visit drinkaware.ie.